Thanks for listening to the Lovejoy United podcast from Lovejoy United Presbyterian Church in Wood River, Illinois. We are a welcoming community of faithful disciples committed to filling Christ's example, joyfully serving through compassion, mission, justice, and all-inclusive grace. To learn more, go to our website, lovejoyupc.org. Listen to the Word of God from our Gospel lesson, John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask of me? a woman of Samaria. Ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and you would, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, have you no bucket? And the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will never be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to come back here again to draw water. Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet, our ancestor ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. 
God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then, the disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who has told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete the work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But look, I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. So that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed in him because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard it for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you alone are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Sometimes the decision to take the most direct route to a place may not necessarily be the most expedient one. Many Galileans would choose to pass through Samaria on their way to Jerusalem, as in fact it was the very shortest route 
But things could get dicey there, dicey be between the Samaritans and the Jews, because as Herbert said, it was bad. Their relationships were not good. <clears throat> the Jews believed that the Samaritans were outsiders. They were outside of God's covenant. <clears throat> Although the, the people, Samaritans and Jews, claimed a common ancestor, Father Abraham, through the generations, sibling rivalry continued to tear the fabric of this family of God. Jesus is eager to leave Judea, where his disciples have been engaged in baptizing, eager to leave if for no other reason than to leave some of those Pharisees behind. But to travel through Samaria has its own complications. Yet Jesus feels compelled by divine constraint to travel through this land, knowing that Jerusalem lies ahead. By the time Jesus and his disciples reach Sychar, he is exhausted. He tells his disciples to go into the city and find some food. He needs a moment. He collapses and sits down by Jacob's well. And there he is at the very well, thinking back where Jacob first fell in love with Rachel and all the other trysts that have happened at wells. Ah, oh, if only he could have a drink of water. He uses this time to think back over the last few days, and he laughs to himself, remembering his encounter with Nicodemus. This Pharisee, leader of the Jews, was so afraid to converse with Jesus in public that he clothed himself and came to where Jesus was staying in the dark of night, lest anyone recognize him. Nicodemus, always full of questions, seemed only to comprehend Jesus' answers on a very literal surface level. How could anyone possibly be reborn and return to their mother's womb? To be born of the Spirit would require believing in something other than himself, Nicodemus, and the power of the law. A God who embraced the world and all peoples with a love that knew no price was simply beyond Nicodemus' ability to comprehend. Jesus thinks, how could one so educated in the scriptures be so dense? The gift of faith seems to continually elude Nicodemus, no matter how hard Jesus tries to explain things. It's exasperating. No wonder I need a break, thinks Jesus. But by now, his thirst is overpowering. It's noon. Oh, what I wouldn't give for a sip of cool water right now. Jesus thinks to himself, day after day, I am tending to the needs of others, and here I am in this moment, 
utterly dependent upon the kindness of someone to come and give me a drink. Luckily, he sees a woman approaching. She's coming to the well in the heat of the day. Why would she, this woman, choose to come now rather than come early in the morning when all the other women come to gather and to exchange gossip, to laugh and enjoy one another's company? Her unaccompanied arrival at the heat of the day seems like a desperate act. But Jesus, too, has become desperate, desperate for a drink of water. Sure, he knows about the prohibitions of men and women talking together, especially a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman. The intimacy of drinking from the same cup is more than radical. For Jewish men, Samaritan women are considered permanently polluted or unclean, and any contact between them is prescribed to prevent defilement. But Jesus asks her for a drink, and she is taken aback. Does he realize he shouldn't even be conversing with me, much less drinking from the same water jar? Jesus asking her for a simple drink of water opens them both up to an encounter with one another. He takes the initiative, breaking all the rules, and then begins to tell her about living water, a spring of water gushing into eternal life. And she feels an ember of hope kindle within her. Just imagine never having to come to this well and face the public humiliation of drawing water in the heat of the day. Life has not been easy for this unnamed woman. She has done what she needed to do to survive. When her first husband died, she followed the mandated custom, which told her to marry her brother, her husband's brother. And so it went as she was passed down from brother to brother as each of her husbands died. And finally, there were no brothers left. And she had to fend for herself. Jesus sees her and seems to understand what she's been through, even before she's spoken a word to reveal herself to him. His eyes hold her gaze. Jesus seems to anticipate her questions and understand the deeper longings. Yes, she has known physical hunger and thirst, but the loneliness and isolation she has endured has become unbearable. Brick by brick, Jesus begins to dismantle the walls of fear and isolation which has separated her from her community. He tells her that true worship of God is not confined to any one location, not on Mount Gerizim, as the Sumerians believe, not just in Jerusalem, because he, Jesus, has substituted his own body for the sanctuary of the temple. There are no longer any geographical constraints. 
as to where worship can happen. In this very moment, in the encounter between Jesus and this unnamed woman, true worship is possible. God incarnate in Jesus comes as the created, creative, life-giving spirit offering her the gift of faith. The Samaritan woman responds. She makes her own declaration of faith, announcing the coming of a new reality. She says, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. At that very moment, Jesus reveals himself to her. I am the Messiah. I am the one for whom you've been waiting. Of course, the disciples then bumble onto the scene, but she has no time for, for explanations and runs to tell the people in the city to come and see a man who has told her everything she has ever done and has loved her. She has been sent as an evangelist to tell others, too, the good news that they are loved and accepted. Such a dramatic transformation inspired many of the Samaritans to believe. Jesus, as the living temple of God and bearer of divine presence, sanctifies this land and these people. The Samaritans are reconstituted as the people of God and incorporated into the new Israel. Because of this unnamed woman's testimony, many others come to believe. In reaching out to her people and testifying to the Spirit's ability to transform her life, this woman is now restored to communication with others and to her community. So it is with us. Our true identities are often revealed through our encounters with those who are very different from us. In mutually sharing our stories, we learned new ways of seeing ourselves and the love of God. We learned that we are so much more than the sum of our foibles and failures. In her excitement, the Samaritan woman leaves behind her water jar at the well, a symbol of her old life, and embraces her new vocation as an evangelist. Through her efforts, others come to believe and, in, uh, and abide with Jesus in his presence. Because of this experience, those new to the faith, too, confess we know for ourselves that this truly is the Savior of the world. Who are those to whom we are called to tell that God loves them, that they are accepted? Are there those who believe themselves to be outside of God's love, how are we as bearers of the good news called to invite others to come and see, to love and be loved by the one who knows all we've ever done and loves us 
in spite of, or maybe even because of our great need. Maybe, just maybe, God comes to those who know their own need of God, who surrender, who are willing to ask those difficult questions which burn in their heart and are open to discover new answers encountered in the face of a stranger. May it be so with us. Thanks be to God. Thanks for listening. Remember, love God, love neighbor, love joy.